Occasionally, they need somebody to lean on. When they do, they turn to us. Peter Burns and Katie George, part of Best Week Ever coverage over on the weekends, hanging out for Candy and Carlin. And I feel, Katie, like this is just reminiscing and just making sure that I'm living in this college football LSU fan nightmare. Right, We saw an incredible game last night. We saw incredible week one uh, in the books. we got NFL coming up. we got Aaron Judge hitting even more home runs and a little squabble in the tennis world. Are you ready for the next three hours? You're, you're good to go? Considering I got about mm, two hours of sleep and just walked in the door about an hour ago, yes, I am ready to go. go. I want to talk some ball. Uh, you know what Nas said? Sleep is a cousin of death and highly overrated unless you have two kids under five. Then I highly recommend naps. All right. We adopted this show or virtually we took it in for the day. So we're going to bring a little bit of our Sunday morning flavor here. So this is how we start each and every one of our shows on a Sunday. It's time for the biggest story of the week ever. You were there, Katie. You got to see it in the Superdome. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's texting about it. Feinbaum's got his tweets. Greeny was discussing it. It was one of the wildest games that I have ever seen. LSU just looked horrendously bad. Florida State taking advantage of them in the fourth quarter, courtesy of ESPN Radio. All was lost until this happened. Florida State takes over, and now on a pitch to the right side on third and goal, Florida State has fumbled the ball. LSU immediately claims that they've come up with possession. There's a pile of bodies to be peeled away by the officials like layers of an onion, and LSU has life with a minute 20 to go. They're going to have to go about 97 yards. Florida State offensive coordinator Alex Atkins had done a phenomenal job, a methodical job up until that point. You do not pitch the ball on the goal line. What are you doing? You do not pitch the ball when you have the game won and in hand. I, I I saw that. In fact, I'm working SEC Network. I'm the anchor of the, of the network, and we're getting ready to do the post game. And I'm already in a bad, just dark, despondent place. Right? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just doing show notes for our our our. You know, post game show. And I'm not even watching the game anymore because it's done. I took like a disgusting sports walk. And then I see that playing like you're saying there's a chance. And soon enough, there was. ESPN Radio on the call once again. Jaden Daniels finds Jare Jenkins with one second left. Let's go. Here's the snap. Final play of the game. A throw to the back of the end zone. The pass is caught. Touchdown, LSU. Jare Jenkins in the back of the end zone. And the Tigers are an extra point away from tying it up with zeros on the scoreboard in regulation. Katie, you were there. It was incredible. The Superdome went wild, and it goes down as one of the greatest comeback wins in LSU football history. I, I tell you what, I went to bed after that point. I was just—I I knew that they were going to win the game. It's—it's it's over. Like, can we just can we go down that road for a little bit? Can we play revisionist we history? We cannot go down that road because you are living in a fantasy world, my friend. Because that is not how it went down. Punt team, excuse me. Extra point team came out, Mm. and this happened. Mm. Florida State 24, LSU 23. The freshman, Damian Ramos, for the extra point and the biggest kick of his life thus far. The snap is back. The hold is down. The kick is low. It's no good. No good. Florida State has won in New Orleans. The final score, the Seminoles 24 and the Tigers 23. 
I've seen kick six. I've seen crazy seven overtime games. I've seen NFL games that are just chaotic at this point. But that was one of the weirdest, like, bath salts slash Sharknado games I've ever seen in my life. I did not think anyone had a worst weekend more so than the ECU kicker after losing to NC State, missing an extra point, and then missing a field goal to win. And a field goal, yes. And then I watch what happened with Ramos. Ramos misses a field goal, gets it blocked earlier on in the game. Mm-hmm. Joe Tessitore on the call last night said, remember, he had one blocked earlier in the game. That's a brilliant Joe Tess, by the way. And then Ramos comes out, and nobody foresaw, but everybody foresaw in that ominous moment, that happening. I had punts on the brain, clearly. Two muff punts oh. by Malik Neighbors of LSU. So many mistakes, errant snaps by Garen Dellinger. There was a lot to clean up from LSU, and I know LSU fans are losing their minds over it. However, they yeah. played as bad as I think they possibly could have, Pete, and yet they lost by one point. Think about this. The probability of LSU scoring that touchdown, then failing to convert the extra point, 0.24%. Not even a full 1% a chance of that actually happening, the chaos. And yet, in one play, it's the narrative, right? Everyone's looking at how crazy $100 million is to Brian Kelly, and was he the wrong hire? Should LSU have fired uh, or have hired Billy Napier, who went to Florida, and, and it's Florida State back, and all of this. One play. One play changes. It was the wildest final four minutes I have ever seen unfold. When Florida State pitched it and fumbled on the one-yard line, and Jaden Daniels trotted out there, and he had a minute 20 to go 99 yards. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, LSU hadn't been that efficient offensively. And they marched down the field time and time again. Throws to the perimeter. Jaden Daniels gets a huge, massive run. Then you go to Mason Taylor, the freshman, who gets the knee down with one second left. And there was all the drama with the review. And then to be able to score. But then you're thinking, overtime, here we come. Brian Kelly loves free football on Sunday of Labor Day weekend. We learned that a season ago down in Tallahassee when he was coaching Notre Dame. And then to watch all of that unfold, that was by far the craziest finish I've ever seen in college football personally. It is one of the reasons why you listen to Canty and Carlin, and today it's Peter Burns and Katie George here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, because you do realize, no matter if you have Amazon or Netflix or Disney+, Plus, your cable provider, no matter what kind of fiction you actually watch and you enjoy in entertainment, sports will always be crazier. Because there's not one person who could have wrote up the script of that finish, right, that would have said, all right, that's believable. Right? Like, even when they had the writer strike in Friday Night Lights, like season two, and they went way off the rails, and I'm still disgusted about that whole storyline. <laughs> at, at that point, you could have looked at it and said, you know what? No one's going to believe that it actually going to happen. And yet it did. We continued to talk about it. We continued to talk about how about the Buckeyes, 21 to 10 over Notre Dame. And is it weird, Katie, that I came away from that game? Actually more impressed with Brian Kelly's former team with Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame being able to hang with Ohio State. I, I don't know what that says about me personally, but I actually like I, I was impressed with the Irish even more so I was the, the Buckeyes, even though they won that game. Yeah, I don't think that that's super telling, though. I mean, Notre Dame's got some dudes on their squad. I mean, they've been recruiting extremely well over the last, you know, 
five, six, seven years. I mean, Brian Kelly was the winningest coach at Notre Dame during his 12-year tenure there. I mean, they've got some incredible talent. I just think for for your sake, for all those in Baton Rouge, you've got to give Brian Kelly some time to get his personnel, the guys that he likes. I mean, look at the offensive line from Notre Dame that we saw against Ohio State compared to the offensive line that you saw at LSU. Night and day. Night and day. Literally, I was getting texts from Baton Rouge buddies asking if my six foot three, two hundred pound dad bod had any eligibility to be on that offensive line not, for LSU, and uh, it does not. I use it up all in golf. Buckeyes, though, defense looked great. Held the Irish to two hundred fifty three yards of offense and three of thirteen over on third down. Talking a lot of college football today. We'll be talking a lot about what's going on on Thursday. Is how in the hell are the Los Angeles Rams an underdog to the Bills? We'll discuss that as well. You could be a part of the Candy and Carlin. Nation. Dr. Pepper call in line. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. All right, I'm going to go to war with Paul Feinbaum coming up next, and I'm actually going to go to bat for the Pac-12. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Pump it into my veins. College football is back. And oh, by the way, NFL will be in just a couple of days. And by the way, Pittsburgh Steelers may or may not have a starter named as the depth chart has come out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, always presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Peter Burns and Katie George. We just heard Sean Kelly talk about the Florida Gators, a late interception against the Utah Utes, who went down the swamp, Katie, and took their seventh-ranked team in a place where they thought, you know what, this is an opportunity to plant the flag that this team is a contender. And the first thing I saw this morning on, um, I'm watching it right now, on a replay of Get Up is Greeny and Feinbaum talking about, all right, Pac-12 might as well go home after this past weekend. I don't necessarily think that's fair. Because I think that the Florida Gators and what they found in Anthony Richardson are going to be a damn strong team, right? I think that they're going to end up being, I would say, 8-4, and 9-3, and three at the end of the year, and for Utah, an opportunity if they win out, I think that loss down on the road in week one in the swamp on a last-second interception, I don't think necessarily is going to kill them. What didn't help them is what Georgia did 
to Oregon. Ugh. And I'm not sure if that's going to outweigh anything that the Pac-12 does the rest of the way. Honestly, it was incredible, I think, to watch the dominance that Georgia put on display, both offensively mm. and defensively. But at the same time, to your point, I thought Oregon looked abysmal. And you, you hope for Dan Lanning's sake that it was going to be a little bit better. Bo Nix got a new opportunity transferring from Auburn out to Oregon with the Ducks, hoping to have a second coming of his career. Unfortunately, it did not go that way. Uh, but what I, I thought, you know, some of the best games of the weekend, we, we were – you know, blessed. We were, it was such a luxury watching so many of these different games. Utah, Florida was awesome. And and it came down to the wire. Bernie makes an incredible play. You know, I I know that Cameron Heising had a ton of hype coming into the season of, Hey, he could be a dark horse for the Heisman trophy. I, I think he's a great quarterback. That last throw was bad. I mean, it was going into the dirt, Bernie makes an outstretched great play to catch that ball in the end zone. I know that he's going to want that back in that moment, but I think that this is huge for Billy Napier's start, obviously, at his career at Florida. It's similar to what we were thinking could have possibly happened for Brian Kelly and LSU, right? I mean, you could be saying the same things if LSU pulled out that win is, okay, now he's got things rolling. He's got things moving in the right direction. Unfortunately, that absolutely does not happen for LSU. But Billy Napier getting that win now makes this such an interesting matchup going against Kentucky coming up on Saturday, both 1-0. and Yeah, and you see that game going to be down in the swamp. And you talk, we talk so much about narratives in sports, right? And especially on the collegiate level where the butterfly effect is always in effect. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if something happens, all of a sudden it could change this chain reaction. And LSU had an opportunity to go right down the road and hire Billy Napier over Louisiana Lafayette. They chose, no, no, that's not good, quote-unquote, good enough for us. We're going to make a move. They go ahead and grab Brian Kelly. Hell, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame before he even knew that they were out of the college football playoff. Okay, I guess that's what $100 million can do. He felt that he had reached that level and wanted to rebuild something down in Baton Rouge. Meanwhile, Florida said, hey, we like Billy Napier. And I, I did find there being a difference right there is the fact that Brian Kelly's a little gruffer with this guy. He's a little gruffer in his approach on how he's going to build a program. But frankly, LSU needed it. And for Brian oh, yeah. Kelly to go to LSU, he wanted to recharge. For Billy Napier, it was like, we need to rekindle. We need to build something. And he's got a quarterback. Listen to what Myron Medcalf had to say, our ESPN uh, brethren here, when he was on with Greeny, with Mike Greenberg, about, hey, the Heisman spotlight now is down in Gainesville. In terms of the spotlight, I think it's on Anthony Richardson because it's not just the performance in prime time against a top 10 Utah team and pulling out the win. It's the spotlight that followed. It's the social media buzz. I think there are a lot of people who didn't really know who Anthony Richardson was because he wasn't really used last season. But I think he, to me, is at the top of the list after what we've seen over the course of the weekend. And it was an incredible performance. Obviously, he can do things at the quarterback position that you do not see Saturday to Saturday, right? He is so physical. He has wheels on him. But then to see the consistency throwing the football, I mean, you saw that in the red zone when he has an edge rusher coming right at him. He spins out of the tackle and is able to find a receiver standing in the corner of the end zone. That play was absolutely terrific. You saw flashes of that last season under Dan Mullen's tutelage. Unfortunately, you know, they went with John Emery. John Emery almost helps Florida beat Alabama, right? So Mm. you feel like you have to ride with John Emery at that moment. And 
Anthony Richardson had dealt with a hamstring injury. He was uh, he was out for a couple of games, so that obviously kept him from reaching his potential, showing what he was capable of. I just want to see that kind of performance from Anthony Richardson against Kentucky, and then week three and week four. Can you continue to play at that high of a level every single weekend? When we get to week four and he's put together the numbers that we saw against Utah, then definitely we can be talking about a Heisman race. I just think that the inconsistency a season ago – Albeit he didn't have all the opportunity well, that maybe he should have. I think the consistency has to be there. And, and that's why, and listen, Dan Mullen works with us now, and Dan Mullen would be the first one to say I, he trusted Emory Jones a lot more than he did Anthony Richardson because he wasn't necessarily quite ready, but he's got a little bit more seasoning. But if you look at who, who stood out, C.J. Stroud was, in, was solid. He led the, you know, the Buckeyes to a fantastic fourth-quarter drive that was, was great when they put away Notre Dame, and that was a big-time like play. Seven minutes long. Yeah, and it was just big-boy football. It's like, hey, we need you to be good. Nine of ten for over 100 yards passing in that fourth quarter. How about Stetson Bennett? And in the beatdown that Georgia put on Oregon, he had over 255 yards passing, I think, in the first half. Stetson Bennett's revenge and respect tour is going to get a whole lot of love. And then Bryce Young made it look easy. I mean, it, it's, it's almost unfair to Alabama on how good they are and how many, how often we think they're supposed to be good, Katie, that they defeated a pretty darn good Utah State team. And everyone's like, ah, yeah, they beat Utah State. Like Utah State had over double-digit wins last year, and they made it look like it was it was a seven-on-seven practice against Air. Well, I think too, as fans and as voters, you know, you you get complacent, right? And, and you raise the bar every single year for a certain player, right? Bryce Young was phenomenal a year ago. It led to winning a Heisman Trophy. Well, he played like a Heisman Trophy winner in Week One against Utah State, but we raised the bar for him because it's like, oh well, we've already seen him do that. Like, duh, that's right. that's just how he plays. We need to see something miraculous. We need to see something incredible. And I don't necessarily think that's fair to continue to raise the bar for certain players. We should just relish in the fact that. This is a luxury getting to watch some of these guys go out and compete time and time again. Well, and it's also another reason why if you're a casual fan, if you love the NFL and you can't wait for Thursdays because college football doesn't do necessarily for you, it's because in, in, in the NFL you feel like there's, what, 10 teams, that, 10 to 12 teams in the league, 30% of the league could actually win a title. You don't feel that way in college football. You feel like there's four or five teams. And when this college football playoff expands, which I think it will in 2024, not 2026, more teams should have a little bit more parity to have that opportunity. Let's talk a little NFL coming up next, including how in the world the Rams are underdogs to open up the season and what decision the Steelers made at QB1. Peter Burns, Katie George, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. No Canty, no Carlin. Peter Burns and Katie George from Best Week Ever on Weekends. Rolling with you. Show always presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, Katie, I do appreciate ESPN understanding that I'm a diehard LSU football fan. And so what they did was they scheduled me to work post-game of the LSU game last night, then host my morning show on SEC Network, and then do this show. So 10 hours of trying to exercise these sports demons of seeing one of the worst losses in program history. I, thank you for being by my side today. It's very therapeutic that I can get this out. A little little Monday morning or afternoon therapy here. You're welcome. Appreciate I'm here that. for what you need. If you need a couch and a tissue, I can also provide that as well. You know what I need to stop focusing on college football? Let's talk a little NFL. Kirk Morrison, 710 ESPN, LA Rams, pre- and post-game uh, host. And, Kurt, I'm trying to figure this out, right? I know I'm locked into college yeah. football. But how in the hell are the defending Super Bowl champion Rams – an underdog at home on Thursday night. What am I missing here, my man? <laughs> Great to be with you always, man. Um, you know what? It's uh, one of those situations where I think it's so much hype this season going with the Buffalo Bills. Um, the season that they had a year ago in terms of the way that they finished. Right? They didn't beat the Chiefs, but, man, we saw that they were the, the team that's on the rise. And then when you look at what they did this offseason, especially in adding Von Miller, taking – I think one of the Rams' key pieces of a year ago that helped them win a Super Bowl, they now have that piece. They have that closer. And I think just the, like the I, I want to say the, the continued maturity of Josh Allen, who's probably a, an MVP-type player in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, if you look at the the, uh, the preseason odds. So everything falls in favor for the Buffalo Bills, but no one gives the Rams a lot of respect. And I think that's how they like it, though, because that's what helps them to what Sean McVay says turn the page from a year ago where, hey, look, fellas, they're not even counting us up for this year. So if you're looking for an underdog mentality, they've already got it by the way that people are looking at this game coming up. Yeah, and they seem to thrive off of it, Kirk, just as, as you mentioned. I'm curious where we stand with Matthew Stafford's elbow injury. It seems like there's going to be no limitations, they say, for week one. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be 100%. I mean, he's been making all the throws in training camp. They just took some time off. And, and for – the Rams, I don't think they needed much Matthew Stafford during the offseason or during training camp. You wanted to see who the backup guys were. The Rams will carry three quarterbacks, so they have a backup plan should anything happen to Matthew Stafford's elbow. But he got some much-needed rest. I mean, we we haven't seen Matthew Stafford play in the playoffs at all, and he had an extended playoff run a year ago. So just some rest for a guy who's been in the league as long as he has now a Super Bowl champion. I think he's ready to go with what the season is going to ask him, ask of him. So, Noah, I, I don't see anything holding him back. That elbow looks to be just fine. It's going to be fascinating coming up on Thursday night. Kirk Morrison joining Peter Burns and Katie George here on ESPN Radio. All right, on the flip side, coming up on Sunday, you'll be on the call for us on ESPN Radio, Packers and Vikings. It's one of the craziest stats when I was doing a little research on this game. Like, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota has some history. But Aaron Rodgers must have to claim the Vikings on his, on his, on his tax returns, right? Like 38 passing <laughs> touchdowns. Zero interceptions against the whole division since 2020. That is nuts. You expect even more of that from, from Rodgers coming up uh, in Minneapolis? I think it's sort of the, 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 the elephant in the room, really, though. It's, it's who is he going to be throwing to, right? I think everyone knows that he lost uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams to the Raiders in the trade. So everyone's going to say, well, who is he really going to throw to right now? Alan Lazard probably 
a guy who he's been with uh, for a really long time, he may not practice, may not play this week. So it may be when they roll out their 11 personnel, which is one tight end and three wide receivers, we're talking about maybe Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, and maybe a rookie out there in Romeo Dobbs or either Christian Watson. So it's some vintage players, but also some young guys. And I think that's where look the, the success that Aaron Rodgers has had in the past. Can he duplicate that, but with a whole new cast of characters, especially in the wide receiving group, some may say, uh, has some age, but also has some youth to it. So it'll be fun to see how it uh, all pans out. Yeah, and he hasn't um, shied away from calling out some of those younger guys, obviously, in terms <laughs> right. of some of the drops. But if anybody, I think, mm-hmm. can bring a young talent along, it's definitely a veteran like Aaron Rodgers. Peter Burns, Kirk, has uh, been licking his wounds after watching. Um, it's been tough. A, uh, I don't know how you would quantify it or characterize the performance from your LSU Tigers oh. last night, Pete, but it was an incredible <laughs> weekend of college football, Kirk. What were the storylines that you were following or the games that you absolutely turned on and had to have on while you were watching? You know, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I tweeted about it at my Twitter account, at Kirk Morrison, just, you know, every single year I go through this, you know, you have this withdrawal of football, college football in particular, and then all of a sudden Saturday comes, or that, or that first week of college football, and you're like, why do I do this to myself? I, I've missed you so much, college mm. football. I really do. It's like, don't do this to me every single year, but it, it was it was fun. It was great. A lot of the games, I mean, you know, I'm preparing for my game on Saturday night. I had Oregon State and, and Boise State, and yet I couldn't keep my eyes off of all the games that were going on throughout the day. I mean, that App State and UNC was amazing, oh right? Yes. And then you think of the North Carolina State, ECU, like, you know, all the way down to the end. And you mentioned LSU, Florida State. You know, the one thing I'll always say is that there's so much unpredictability in college football because there is no preseason games, right? There mm. is no teams going up against each other so truly everything in week one is always surprising because the most important thing and i wrote this down katie i swear and, and peter i wrote this down for my game the three things i always look at in week one of college football special teams have yeah. to be special procedural penalties are always going to hurt you and then more importantly who are you in the second half can you make adjustments because a lot of times you haven't seen what this team is going to look like and then all of a sudden you're down or you're up, can you make adjustments at halftime? And it held true all weekend long, especially, I'm sorry to bring it up again, Peter, but <laughs> Killing me. You know, uh, extra point, you got to be extra. But <laughs> it's funny, how many times do you think LSU throughout their training or fall camp, you know, practice a guy coming off the edge to the, you know, uh, I guess the speed and agility of a guy from Florida State? They probably didn't see that kind of look. And all of a sudden, you're in week one of a college football say, college football pressure moment, mm-hmm. and they just didn't make the play that was needed. And we're talking about just a block. So that's where uh, also, too, I mean, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, but <laughs> this would also help Florida State having played one game before no doubt. LSU's first game. Lot, yeah, trust me, from week one to week two, it'll be a vast difference across the board. I'll always say it every year. But for LSU, their first game, obviously you saw their first game mistakes. And then to throw it all at, they started, you know, people are unfollowing the program on Instagram. It's just, it's just crazy week one. It's just crazy. Unreal. Um, I'm I, Kirk, players on the I, team in particular. 
Uh, Kirk, I appreciate you just putting me through the ringer once again. Once that I just said that I was trying to get over this whole thing, getting on the you know on the therapy couch, you just keep bringing it up. Last time you're ever on Kenny and Carlin. Sorry, Kurt. Uh, it was a good run for you, and we appreciate the info. My man, hey, have a great call coming up on uh, on Sunday, and we look forward to it, all right? Thanks, Kirk. I may go to the driving range today, Peter, by the way. Go hit a couple of golf balls. and try Get the to game go. going. All right, all right. All right. We'll, 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 we'll have a little rematch goes, on, the, right? on the course. We'll do it. Kurt Morrison, a uh, uh, damn good golfer as well, too. 710 ESPN, Rams postgame and, uh, and pregame host. All right. Um, we got a little starting quarterback news here in the NFL. Kind of. Kind of. From how it looks on paper. We'll discuss that coming up next. Peter Burns, Katie George. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Peter Burns and Katie George taking over for the boys today. Is Carlin on on honeymoon? What what what? Where is Carlin? Does anybody know where he's at? Like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Anybody? Bueller? Canty. Okay. Well, maybe Canty there's such had a good big old wedding in Chicago. Congratulations oh, nice. to him and his lovely bride. By the Fall way. weddings, really? That's a that's an aggressive move. That's a that's a pre NFL. Wedding is what it is. Well, that's true. He um, told me he was coming back mm-hmm. from his honeymoon on, I believe, the Saturday before week one Sunday football. Okay, that's smart. You know, like you get your vacation in before you get into the grind. But it's our grind close. started because we're such into college football. And I can't wait because college game day is going to be in Austin this week. Alabama going to probably destroy Texas. But it'll be a fun game for the first quarter. Just depends on where you park, Katie. Is, the, what <laughs> am, is this really this. a true thing that happened down in Austin where Longhorn quarterback Ken, uh, uh, Quinn uh, Ewers or whatever the hell his name is got Toad? I thought that this is a prank, right? This couldn't happen. No, he legit got towed. And I don't understand. I'd actually read Adam Rittenberg's story on ESPN.com because I don't know about you when you were a golfer back in college, but when I was a volleyball player, we were bussed in, okay, to the arena where we played. So you didn't really drive. You drove to the practice facility, parked your car in designated player spots at the practice facility. Yeah. Then you were picked up and you were driven down to the KFC Yum Center. Was it like a little short bus or was it like a big time like school bus? No, like what legit, kind of bus was it? Excuse me. It was a legit what? bus. So I'm just curious where he needed to park his car before <laughs> taking on UL Monroe on Saturday, but apparently he did not read the signs as well as he read the defense on Saturday. And you know what, Sark? He doesn't care. He has no sympathy for his quarterback. He was like, he didn't read the signs. He wasn't supposed to park where he parked. And you know what? You got you to park where you're supposed to on game day. Here's the deal. Can you do an NIL deal with like a towing company and make sure like you get like, hey, that would it's be, a... That would be incredible right? if viewers did that. I Why, would like, love that. What a perfect way. Like the coldest Crawford... Uh, the wide receiver at Nebraska, yes, his name is literally the coldest. 
and he did a NIL deal for an air conditioning company. And it's After this, if I'm in fact, commercial. I'm disappointed in Quinn's leadership if he doesn't land an NIL deal with a towing company. After this, should we tweet that to him? Should you? Do you well, want a no, finder's fee? Do you want to? Do you uh, want to be the merger? Do you want to be the agent here? I'm in. Ten percent. What do you figure that deal is? I mean, I think I think actually like I think it's twenty percent for. for Endorsements and partnerships. All right. Katie George, Peter Burns, Canty and Carlin. We move on next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Peter Burns and Katie George filling in for the boys. Always presented by Progressive Insurance. Katie, I have been told that I was supposed to wish everybody a happy Labor Day. Is that you seemed upset that I did not? You haven't wished anyone a happy yes. Labor Day thus far, and we've been on the radio for about 47 minutes. So, Where's the cutoff of of federal holidays in which I'm supposed to wish one. you happy holiday? Like Arbor Day, am I supposed to give you a shout That's out? That's a great day, by the way. Happy for the trees? Yeah. yeah they're good. very important. I, who doesn't like trees? I mean, I'm, I'm all in on, on the trees. I just don't feel like, can you go get a Hallmark card for trees? I don't. I don't necessarily think that's the case. How about this? Who doesn't love trees? Who doesn't love depth charts? Okay. Like Happy depth like chart that? day. Like How that? about that? To Brooke Pryor, ESPN, NFL Nation, Steelers reporter. All right, Brooke, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm seeing all this news on on Twitter right now, even Schefter reporting that Mitchell Trubisky is atop the depth chart for the Steelers, and yet they haven't named him a starter. What What, what am I missing here? I, <laughs> this is, I guess, at Mike Tomlin's leisure, as he said last week when he would let us know who the starter is going to be. Uh, the PR account uh, for the Steelers tweeted out official depth chart with a picture of the depth chart. And Mitch Trubisky's name was right there as the mm. starter, followed by Mason Rudolph and then Kenny Pickett. Um, and it's, you know, it's not a surprise that Mitch Trubisky has, has been, I mean, Officially named starter, although the words have not come out of Mike Tomlin's mouth to us, but that's what will happen tomorrow. Um, Earlier today, Mitch Trubisky was named a team captain, was voted a team captain by the rest of his teammates. So I feel like at that point, they're like, okay, you know what, we'll we'll give you a depth chart. Here you go. Here's here's a little tease. We'll give you the rest tomorrow. Mm. So all signs point to... This being Mitch Trubisky's team and job going forward. Okay, fine, good. We can get behind that, even though we thought Kenny Pickett had a great preseason for a rookie quarterback. He obviously had a lot of excitement, a lot of hype around Tim Brook. I'm curious if indeed, Mike Tomlin, those words are spoken tomorrow and Mitch Trubisky is the guy. Why do you think he will be able to find success or not? You know, I think that Mitch Trubisky has been the favorite all along. I mean, from the minute they signed him, he was essentially expected to be the starter. It was it was until further notice. And at this point, I mean, Kenny Pickett gave him some notice in training camp because he did play well, especially the last uh, couple preseason games. But, look, Trubisky's a veteran. He Things did not end great in Chicago, but I still think that he has all the tools to be a good quarterback or at least a better quarterback than they've had recently. And, and that's not to shade – Ben Roethlisberger because he was obviously a very good quarterback for a long time but in the last couple seasons he lacks the mobility that I think the quarterback position needs now more than ever and we saw Mitch Trubisky really display that uh, in the preseason games he has poise in the pocket he has leadership obviously was voted a captain 
today. Um, but I think that not only that, but he also does really well when the offense uses motion pre-snap. That's something that Matt Canada loves to do. I think this is a good offense for him. And the reality is he doesn't need to be a top 10 quarterback. If he can just not lose games, which sounds simple, obviously it's not that simple. But when you have a guy like Najee Harris as your bell cow back, you have the receivers that you have in guys like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I mean, it's a very deep group. You just need to play pretty well. You don't have to, you know, go above and beyond. And I think that, that he is capable of doing that. Were you surprised to see Mason Rudolph's name above Kenny Pickett's? You know, a little bit, yeah. I think that that was surprising just because the order of practice recently is we've seen Kenny Pickett take a lot of reps with the twos. He was taking some reps with the ones before the final preseason game. Um, but look, I think that that speaks to if something were to happen to Mitch Trubisky, the immediate replacement would be Mason Rudolph for that game. I think if it was a long-term injury, then you'd have to take a step back and say, okay, is now the right time to turn this over to Kenny Pickett? I don't think it's an indictment of Kenny Pickett. I don't think that that we should read into this and say, oh, my gosh, Kenny Pickett is a bust or they're grossly mismanaging the roster situation. Guys, it's a depth chart. It, it is subject to change. As Mike Tomlin likes to say, they have a hardcore plan, be light on their feet. Um, I'm interested to see whether or not they dress Pickett on Sunday or if he will be inactive. Um, that's obviously something that we will be asking Mike Tomlin tomorrow. Who knows if he will actually give us an answer. Um, but I, I don't think that this is going to hamper Kenny Pickett's long-term growth, and I would not be surprised if he ends up being the number two quarterback or even first-team quarterback if there's you know, an injury or if Trubisky yeah. struggles. It would not shock me to see Kenny Pickett start at some point this season. Yeah, and I think Tomlin's been around the the block a long enough that he would know that Yahoo's like myself would sit there and if I saw Kenny Pickett as the backup quarterback and Trubisky struggles a little bit, why not go with Kenny Pickett? It's a little bit easier to bury him down at the third part of the depth chart and think it's a not big a big deal. Last quick question: Obviously, they hop right into the division and they're going to be taking on Joe Burrow and, and an incredible year that the Bengals had. What's, what's the key to that one? You know, I, I think for the Steelers, their offensive line has got to play better. I know that, that Cincinnati's star power is mostly on the offensive side of the ball, but, I mean, their defense can still play pretty well. And if the Steelers' offensive line can't protect Mitch Trubisky, can't give Najee Harris room to run, it's going to be a very, very long, long day. day. And <laughs> on the other side of the ball, the Steelers have got to stop the run. I mean, Joe yeah. Mixon ran all over the Steelers last year. They have got to find a way to slow him down. Devin Bush has got to play better. Um, I, I think it will help that they have Larry Ogunjobi and Miles Jack now. But right. to me, the line play is the biggest key for this game on Sunday. She's Brooke Pryor, NFL Nation Steelers reporter. Happy uh, Labor Day. Happy Arbor Day. Happy Deftart Day, Brooke uh, Pryor. Okay. <laughs> have a great one. All right. Thanks, Brooke. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Was I was I nice there, Katie? Was I was? Yeah, thank have you I, for wishing everybody happy Labor happy Val- Day, happy Valentine's Arbor Day, Day, and happy yeah. Depth Chart Day. Happy ESPN Radio co-host day, filling co-host day uh, to you, Katie George, Peter Burns. College football week one ain't over yet. We discuss it next.